Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 412 of Longbox Heroes. I'm Todd, along with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk about some comic books in a podcast. Oh, that's the only place you should get your news about comic books, from this podcast, and this podcast alone. Uh, I would say we're one of the more timely, newsy-type podcasts out there. Mm. There are newsy-type podcasts, and there are more timely podcasts than us, but none that combine the two in such a way that we do. The way we marry newsy and timely? Yes. Are we? That's what we do here. Wasn't that how Marvel was created? They married not newsy and timely. I know timely was the name of their company for a while, and then there was something else. Right. No, national was DC, I think, for a bit. Right. I get confused on all that comic book history. Right. It's starting to melt my brain. You're thinking of Spike TV back when it was the Nashville Network. Oh, I love Spike TV. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite. Isn't it the Paramount Network now? I think so. Yeah. And I know Freeform is the old family channel. It's all confusing. Rebranding. Right. Everybody needs to rebrand once in a while. <laughs> there might be more of that on Longbox Heroes After Dark, and there's your plug for that. What are we talking about on this show here, though, Todd? Uh, in the news, uh, a company has a Christmas special with a niche to it where I think all the, you know, the, the carols are going to be fa, 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 fall out. It's really weird. Um, what's happening with the character you may have heard of that's turning 80 and has a milestone issue coming? Um, a comic company that is definitely in the top five, Joe, definitely in the top five, has dealings with both college and pro football? Yeah. Hmm. Mm. And more about football later in the show. Um, also, uh, we have con news and free digital books and sales. What we read last week, which was both Batman 53 and Pearl number one. Um, we have what we're looking forward to this week. Also, we have Todd's Art Attack. And at the end of the show, we're going to talk about the new Matt Groening TV show that's on Netflix, uh, Disenchanted. Yes, disenchantment. I keep messing it up too, but I made a special note for myself so I wouldn't forget, you know? See what I did there? That's why you are the brains of this outfit. Oh boy, well, we're, we're both sunk. Mm-hmm. Does that make you the Masur, the Masur Mala of the show then? Yes, give me a beret and I'm off to run around with a machine gun protecting you. Mm-hmm. All I feel is pain. <laughs> why did you program me to feel pain? That's right. So, hey, DC, uh, I put this in the news because I know Todd likes holiday specials. Right. Uh, DC, who is very good at doing a Christmas and or holiday special, they even kind of, they'll, they'll put one out for an election day special. They're so, if they're going to put one out for election day, they're definitely putting one out for Christmas. That's right. Uh, so this year, uh, it's entitled the DC Nuclear Winter Special. Notice it's a winter special, not a Christmas special, because it's a nuclear war on Christmas. Oh, boy. What? Uh, So, you know, they have a fun little press release out with it during with the solicitations, of course. Uh, It says prestige format collection, hefty price tag. 
uh, hits shops October or November 28th, just in time for the holiday season. Uh, so get to your comic shop. Surviving Black Friday is nothing if you've survived a nuclear blast. Get that mistletoe up before the missiles hit. And we're ending the year with a bang. I guess that means mm. you're doing a da- Diamond Dallas Page-themed story. Mm. So, so I mentioned this just because... Um, the solicitation is more so puns than anything else, so I figured that would be one right up your alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, mm-hmm. it's a it's a holiday, Christmas, winter special, what have you. So again, bang right up your alley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a decent uh, group of folks uh, on the uh, on the creative team for writers and artists: Paul Dini, uh, Phil Hester, Mark Russell, Cully Hamner, Giuseppe Comancoli, amongst others. And it says that it's going to be 10 all-new stories featuring the world's greatest heroes. Now, I wonder, is it going to be like a themed book where all the stories are going to take place in some sort of like nuclear winter fallout holocaust sort of thing? Right. I don't know. I'm glad that they're doing a, a double theme on this. It's like, oh, it's Christmas time and it's a nuclear fallout. That's right. It's pronounced nuclear. Um, but I, I look at it as I'm really – I'm going to pick one up. I don't care. I like the weird take that they're going to do on it. I just wish that uh, they actually had a post-apocalyptic like Jonah Hex story in there at Christmas. That would be fantastic. But I know it's a hefty price tag. I'm going to read it. And I look at it as like you said, will they – I don't think any of the stories will – um, in our like be in the same world. I think everybody's just gonna have free reign to do whatever they want. It's just gonna be like it's you know after the the, the missiles fly, what's Christmas like? Where like in your in your story, and I'm like okay or whatever because there'll probably be a Hanukkah story and a and a Kwanzaa because they always and a New Year's because every winter special they kind of do that. They kind of start the the story out as a you know like I'm trying to think like a Thanksgiving story to uh, a New Year's Day story. It covers two months worth of holidays all jammed into one. Well, three months if you include, like, New Year's Day. Right. So that's all. I just wanted to mention that, of course, because uh, I like this, the, the gimmick of doing the double. Uh, how many game. are you... How many are you buying at that Zero. that easy price? What? None? Zero. None? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where holiday books go. I, I always you have a shopping bag that you put them in, but no, that was Conan's. But uh, I always said I always try to get our local retailer. I said you should really give up on your sorting system of comics. It, it, the way it is, it's just alphabetical sucks. It should just be comics and Christmas comics. <laughs> just those, <laughs> those two. There's a section over here of Christmas comics or holiday comics just for Todd. Be like. Go through them. Right, because a lot of that is, you know, as someone who does put things together alphabetically, do you just put, like, all the holiday comics in one spot in your boxes? Yes, I actually have a holiday box. Right. Um, With the rare exception of if, like, I'm re- like, say you have a run of Flash, and in there they do a Christmas story in Flash, that stays with Flash. I'm not, you know what I mean? Right, if Putting it's specifically it on the cover of the book that it says holiday special or holiday right. something yeah right but like and then it's weird like when they did the Larflees holiday special mm-hmm. with green lantern that goes with my green lantern collection because it's jeff johns yes and then like i don't just do 
Christmas. Uh, Christmas was my my first love of holiday books. But I have Halloween. I have a few uh, Valentine's Day holiday issues. They all go in the the thing. And if it's a random holiday issue, if it's just like say, oh my God, look at this, uh, Power Man and Iron Fist has a holiday issue. I don't get Power Man and Iron Fist. The run, I don't. It, it's in the middle of the run. Then that'll go in the holiday box. I have a whole system for this show. Right. See, for me, you mentioned the the Lore Fleas one, and you also mentioned the Power Man and Iron Fist one. If they turn like an annual or a special uh, into a holiday themed something as a mm-hmm. separate numbered title, and it's part, it's done by the creative team of an existing run. I agree. It goes in that existing run. Right. But do you have a separate holiday box? No, because oh, I don't weird. typically get the holiday books. You should. They're a delight. Nah, I'm okay. Uh, so another holiday that's coming up is uh, one of those red letter dates in a uh, holiday like November 5th, 1955 or October 28th, 1995. This is September 15th, which is Batman Day, which DC has been celebrating for the last several years. But this time it actually means something because it's Batman's 80th birthday. 80? turns out He doesn't look a day over 75. I was going to say, he doesn't look a day over 29 to 34, depending on who's drawing him these days. I don't know. That, that, that wily plot by Bane to make Catwoman leave him is you making him look ragged these days. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on mm-hmm. when we get into what we read from this past week. But again, it's just kind of a follow-up a little bit saying that as part of the festivities that they're going to do the uh, preview, uh, or they're going to give, you know, they're going to have the Batman White Knight from the Black Label line of DC books, and they're going to give the preview of the Azarello Libra-Hamo Batman Damned with that, and then they're going to give something away for the kiddies, the Batman Lil Gotham that was done by Dustin Nguyen. Uh, They said that there's going to be a lot more promotion as it gets closer to the date, similar to what DC did for the big Action Comics 1000 just from a few months ago. And I'm almost certain that Marvel does this as well, and Diamond as well, when they do uh, Halloween Comic Fest and Free Comic Book Day. But I do like that DC specifically promotes that they do it to schools and libraries as well. That's good. Right, because... Again, just like people getting their movies from the library, a lot of people I know, uh, t- if their library stocks, graphic novels, trade paperbacks, hardcovers, etc., you know, that's how they do a lot of their reading. Mm-hmm. I agree. So if you can get a way to get kids or young adults or teens or 40-plus-year-old men to come to the library <laughs> to get some free Batman comics, by all means. And then the other thing, of course, I'm sure during that week, Uh, They will be doing a digital sale on Batman books. And Todd, not unlike Kreskin before me, I'm going to take a shot in the dark with the Batman digital sale that's coming up a month from now. I'm going to guess, shot in the dark, Mm -hmm. Batman Year One Mm -hmm. and Dark Knight Returns is going to be included in that sale. I don't know. Has it ever been in a sale before? Well, it's been, they've gone two weeks without it being in a sale, so I think they have to double down. Oh, that's what they want to do. They want to make it rare so when the day comes, people are like, yay, you're one. Maybe. Yes. Dark yes. Knight returns, returns. <laughs> I have to go bother someone who is supposed to purchase that online. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, I they forgot. They were going to read that. Um, 
But moving on to Marvel, so this is what DC's doing. They're talking about nuclear winters. They're giving out free <laughs> Batman books. What's Marvel doing? They're going down a dead-end street, I'll tell you. <laughs> so they're doing a promotion to celebrate the kickoff of college football, where they're taking a bunch of their famous or not-so-famous covers. Because <laughs> everyone has etched in their mind the cover to Civil War number one, or Civil Civil War two number one, and Civil War two number three variant mm-hmm. uh, that everyone just remembers so vividly and fondly as memorable books that they're uh, taking some of your college mascots and pitting them against each other to hype up the big games. Now I know you're a uh, National Football League fan. Are you a college football person, Todd? I I am to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the Alabama Crimson Tide because, like, it's just like the the, the crazy dirtbag school of college stuff, and their their coaches Nick Saban, who like like uh, just wor- worked over it, told the team literally like I'm not going to leave. I would never leave this job, and like the the Dolphins, and then later. Got the call to go, like, within days. He was, like, gone, like, to, to Alabama. And from there, he's just been on a hot streak. So I'm all about Alabama. And it was in Forest Gump, so. No, roll yes. tide on, I'll say roll tide on that. And, and Jason Aaron's a big Alabama fan. So. Right. And also Marvelous teaming up with not only the National Football League, but specifically... With the New York, New Jersey Jets, because <laughs> again they're a new they're New York, but they're you know they actually play in New Jersey, right? Just uh, like the Giants. For one of their October home games, they're giving away a Hulk bobblehead and a limited edition, uh, a specifically made for the event Hulk vs. Thor comic book, written by Fabian Nicenza. Which I think this is awesome. I'm very glad that it wasn't an Oakland Raiders one. I guess they're going to wait till they get to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I like I like this idea that you know that there's going to be a comic. I hope there's like jet stuff in there somehow. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see more of this. Uh, you know, if they can get Kickers Inc. back and bring them and bring it in the book and all this stuff, I love all this stuff. More football slash comic book crossover. Um, it's way better than crossing over a comic with wrestling. Okay. So, first of all, there is a World Wrestling Entertainment comic that is published by D- Boom Studios and it stays separate. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mingle into other stuff, right? Right. Now, as someone who personally uh, has no care or need in his life for football, I have many ideas on how this can be done. Uh, first of all, I have many friends that are New York, New Jersey Jets fans, which means they're always sad for 13 weeks a year, every year <laughs> for the last 20 plus years. Since Tom Brady became the quarterback of the Patriots. Right. Okay. So Marvel or some sort of other company, I don't know how the governing and sanctioning body for college football goes. Mm-hmm. But I feel as though there's money to be made in a line of comics, even a mini-series, of the mascots in the lead of the book. Okay. So you got that. You got, you got that with college football. You do that with the NFL, right? One or the other. Maybe you do both. And then you do a big crossover somewhere down the line where it's like, this is the only time you'll get to see... The college football mascots take on the NFL <laughs> mascots, right? 
Right. So I think there's money to be made there, first of all. Second of all, I don't know if it's DC, Image, Boom, whomever it is, some sort of other company needs to reach out and get working now on the XFL comic book. That's where the real money is going to be. College football, NFL, these are flash-in-the-pan organizations. We're not going to hear from them (laughs) two, three, four, five years from now. Next year when the XFL starts, you have that comic already on the shelves. You're making money. That's right. That third football league that will be out, (laughs) the XFL. The other one doesn't even have a name. That's not even real. This one has Vince McMahon it, behind it. He's only. It does have a name. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but it's Dick Eversall's it, son. It's it's the as the one people. It's the AAF. I think. I think it's the AAF, the American Alliance of Football, or something like that. That sounds terrible. It's better than the XFL. No, XFL <laughs> rolls right off the tongue. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. This is the XFL. Now, oh. if I was to announce the other league, this is the AAF. That doesn't have the same ring to it, you know? I like it better that way. <laughs> okay. And what's better than this is the NFL? No, yeah, that's, a, that's the best one. No, see, that sounds forced. But then you mentioned kickers from the new universe and Super Pro. Why mm-hmm. are these characters not back in regular rotation? Maybe they will bring them back. Maybe they will be in this New Jersey or New Jersey. You have me doing it now. The New York <laughs> Jets comic. And uh, so I, I, I might even end up getting one. I want to see what this is all about. You know, and they're going to be super rare, like 80,000 copies, something like that. Oh. Now, I could be mistaken. Oh, now, see, I want to mention this. There is the tie-in because Super Pro, the comic book, was written also by Fabian Nessienza. Oh, maybe Super Pro will be in there. Uh-huh. Oh, there's where your money is, folks. This oh, is... It, we, okay. Speculation time? Nope. I'm going on record right now. One, the Thor Hulk comic book that Fabian Nessienza is writing for that Jets game mm-hmm. uh, in October is going to have Super Pro in it. Confirmed. Second of all, everyone go buy issue one of Super Pro because when he is in there, it's going to cause the price to shoot up. Oh, boy. You know what? It's almost weird. It's like if someone used an NFL Super Pro for a trophy, it would be crazy. We'll we'll be more on that later. I think Super Pro actually might be dead. Well... Because Maybe. I think they actually brought him back when they did Avengers The Initiative. Mm-hmm. And I think he was killed off in that by a scrawl or something. Maybe he atta- maybe he died when they attacked the negative zone. Mm. Remember that? That big storyline? I do. During what was that? What was that book where the, f- the heroes fought the v- heroes for registration? Oh, Civil War. That was it. I wish I had a cover of college mascots fighting to Civil War covers. Right, your favorite variant cover of Civil War 2 number 3. <laughs> yes, that is my favorite. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> there's too much football talk for me. I hope this is the end of it. This should be the end of football talk this week. Nope. <laughs> so, uh, also this weekend there's a bunch of conventions. 
There's conventions all over the United States and North America. Uh, St. Louis has the Springfield Microcon. Uh, Fort Collins, uh, Colorado is having a little convention. Victoria, British Columbia is having a convention. The Infinity Toy and Comic Show. Be careful with that Infinity thing. How soon <laughs> until people get busted for using that and their whatevers? Uh, I think that's going to be another five years. Disney's Disney's got bigger fish to fry, and then boom, they're dropping the hammer. Right. Don't say Mjolnir, just say hammer, because we don't <laughs> want to get sued. <laughs> so uh, that's taking place in Kissimmee, Florida. Jay Lee is going to be there. Uh, Mark Tixeri is going to be there. And mm. former world wrestling entertainers and world championship wrestlers, Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags, the Nasty Boys, are going to be there. Uh, wasn't that a song by Janet Jackson? Oh, those Nasty Boys? Yes. Okay, good. I'm glad. Don't mean a thing. But this convention, Todd, this is the big one this weekend. You've got on the... Uh, Celebrity side, you've got uh, cartoon voice actress extraordinaire Tara Strong. Ooh, Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's some pony. She's all sorts of characters. She's everyone. Evangeline Lilly is going to be there. Okay. Comic guests, Scotty Young, Ryan Otley, Jim Starlin, Ron Lim, uh, Neil Adams, uh, Kevin Eastman, Marv Wolfman. Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. If these people weren't enough, this is the amazing Aloha Con in Hawaii. Oh, is that the one we want our award show at? Well, this is this is like the third Hawaii Con this year. And I think there's more. I know there's definitely one more coming. Because <laughs> I've been looking at certain Hawaiian cons. Mm-hmm. Just to send emails off, but that's another thing. Um, so I think we have at least one more. Um, it must be super hard to get creators to go. Super hard. Well, this is one of the few, you know, we always talk uh, a bit about how you got Reed Pop and you got all these other people where Baltimore is kind of like the lone holdout. And, and North Carolina, uh, the Heroes Con. Right. So Heroes two. Con and, and Baltimore are the two East Coast holdouts. Mm hmm. Amazing is the umbrella for Aloha Con and Las <laughs> Vegas Con. Oh, viva Las Vegas. Whoever the organizers of those two conventions are like, yeah, we're going to have them here in these two destinations. Genius. Destination wedding, no. Destination <laughs> comic book convention, I'm listening. That's right. Casino or Casino, yes. <laughs> So, uh, the links to all these conventions, if you're planning on uh, springing for a couple tickets for me and Todd to join you at Amazing Aloha Con this weekend are in the show notes, uh, as is information about the soon to be named network at soon to be named network.com or soon to be named network.tumblr.com, where all of our friends, acquaintances, friends of friends, or like minded individuals who we all deem fit to have their little podcasts and our little podcasts under the same umbrella, again, this podcast. Longbox Heroes After Dark, Podvocacy, Everlasting Minute, Puzzle Warriors 3, uh, Profane Argument, Prodigal Sons Podcast, which I think there's no episodes of those this week. Uh, but if they do have episodes this week, the place where you'll find them or anytime people from those shows appear on other shows will be over at soon to be named network.com. It's a good place. 
Uh, also in the show notes is a bunch of the digital sales and freebies that we have uh, this week. We've got a couple holdovers uh, from the last couple of weeks, as mentioned. Uh, Monkey Brain still has stuff on sale. That Bandette book is a, a high recommendation for me. Titan Hard Case Crime sale is still going on. Uh, Marvel is having a sale on Near Extinction X-Men stuff, whatever that means. Uh, DC is having a sale on Flash stuff. I think there might be a Flash milestone coming up in the books. Hey, recommendation. You can get all the Jeff John stuff. You can get all the Mark Wade stuff. You can get all the Mark Millar stuff. There's a ton of great Flash stuff to get in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get all of Impulse by Mark Wade in there. Holy cow, look at that. That was a great run. Hey, hey, ho, ho. Uh, but if you're going to get anything, the Mark Wade stuff is really good, but you can get all of Jeff Johns' is, is, is run for one, two, three, four, five, for like 30 bucks. Oh. <laughs> that's a really, that's a, that's an unbelievable deal. Boy, oh boy, man. I remember when I first read his run and I was like, this guy might be able to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he did. Uh, the X-Men is just kind of all of their big crossovers are all collected here uh, in this near extinction sale. You got Fall of the Mutants, you got Son of M, you got Mutopia, not some of the heavy, you know, not, there's a couple, you know, stinkers in there, but you got God Love Men Kills in there for two bucks. You got Days of Future Bass in there for four bucks. Uh, I don't see uh, Extinction Agenda or anything like that, so you're doing okay. But what if you really want to dip into uh, some of the 90s uh, stuff, uh, Marvel, Marvel is also having another sale called Spider-Man the 90s Sale. Why is Ooh. it called Spider-Man the 90s Sale, Todd? Because they're embarrassed to say Clone Saga Sale. <laughs> but I'm Your not favorite? embarrassed to say it, Todd. You're not. You're unabashed lover of the Clone Saga. That's right. And now the Clone Saga did go a little bit deeper uh, than Jeff Johnson's Flash run. <laughs> but you can get the entirety of the uh, Clone Saga for 40 bucks. That's not as strong as a recommendation uh, as the Jeff John stuff. But I have to mention, last week when they did the Sinister Six sale and they left out the eric larson revenge of the sinister six Mm -hmm. it's in this sale well they knew that this was Mm -hmm. part of something the 90s spider-man run right so i recommend that you can get that full thing for five bucks and then before dc did it spider-man did an identity crisis (laughs) which is also included in this and your mileage on that one may vary but uh, it's nice to see some of the weird anomalies be included in this. Uh, and hey, if you want to get the uh, entire Clone Saga piecemeal, issue by issue, you could do that too. You know what? I wonder if they listen to our show and they're like, we forgot to put that Secret Six storyline in there? Mm-hmm. Boom, let's do that. And I think... No, let me see. Okay, so next chapter is in here. Uh, oh, and you know what? Another fun one if you want to buy... Marvel doesn't do this so much. I don't think any of the big companies do this so much. So included in this sale is a book called Spider-Man, 101 Ways to End the Clone Saga. Uh, This was kind of like a comedy book where they 
kind of take the uh, pee out of themselves about how out of hand the Clone Saga had gotten. Mm -hmm. And this actually shipped the same day as the finale to the Clone Saga. Oh, boy. I'll take (laughs) ten. But again, it's essentially a Marvel humor book saying, like, yeah, you know, maybe the Clone Saga wasn't everything it all cracked up to be. Uh, buy this along with our finale, Norman Osborn's back. Spoilers, everyone. <laughs> Great, now I don't have to read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, the, the solicitation text for it is, the Clone Saga has spun completely out of control. There's only <laughs> one team that could save the wall crawler now, the Marvel Editors. Bob <laughs> Harris, Ralph Macchio, Tom Brevoort put their heads together to see if anything can get Spider-Man out of this duplgunger debacle. And that's just the way I say doppelganger, so I apologize. I know that. I, yes, you I have do a say that. Impediment, yeah. So who were all those? Uh, who were all those editors? Bob Harris, Ralph Macchio, not the Karate Kid. I was just gonna say, was William Zabka there? No. Since first of all, Sensei Lawrence, you show him some respect. Second <laughs> right. of all, no, uh, he wasn't. I think he was drinking beers and living in 1986 <laughs> when that was 1997. What are we going to do with uh, the Ben Riley clone? Get a body bag, no. man. <laughs> Just Well, actually, he wasn't a body bag initially when Peter threw him down the smokestack. Oh, threw him down the chimney. Mm-hmm. What was it, like a nuclear reactor smokestack? You know, as, as much as good stuff and as much as an apologist I am about the clone saga, there was a lot of really bad stuff in it. What? Don't tell anyone. No, no. Yeah. There goes our commission on clone saga yes. stuff. I should get a kickback on that Revenge of the Sinister Six thing. I'm just saying. That's right. You single-handedly got to put up there on sale. Yes. I'm not taking any credit for that. And, hey, another thing, if you're sick and tired of us jamming the superhero stuff down your uh, throat, I would be remiss to mention, of course, power listener, longtime listener of the show, uh, Jason Sandberg has his book, Jupiter, available on uh, Comixology. And we have the link to that in our show notes as well. If you want to check out his uh, indie comic collection that he's done, uh, there's a lot of really good stuff in that. Uh, I've been checking that out. It's not so much as like a graphic novel, but it's like a huge collection. So it's nice to just like pick. And a lot of the stories are one page. There's a couple longer form stories, but I don't think there's any one story that's longer than like 16 pages in the whole thing. Mm. My ADD thanks you. There you go. Uh, so those are the digital sales and freebies, of course. Freebies haven't changed from last week. I made sure to check seconds before we started recording. Let's get into what we read from this past week, Todd. And I'll let you take things for a bit from here. That's right. I, normally we start with the books we're looking forward to, and we both were looking forward to the next book we're talking about. But I'm going to start with Batman 53. Um, which is basically part three of Cold Days, which the gist of the story is Batman has captured uh, Mr. Freeze and he's on trial. And Bruce Wayne has, you know, worked, wormed his way onto the jury because he believes maybe Batman isn't in a state of mind that uh, is good. And he may be wrong about certain things because of the past that's happened with Catwoman uh, standing him up at the altar and uh, because of Bane, actually. And so he's in there trying to convince them that maybe Batman is fallible. But the way we're going about it is that he sees one of the jurors has a cross on and he brings religion into it. And they have this lengthy discussion of religion slash is Batman fallible. 
and how much faith someone can put into the bat. And Bruce just spills his soul, uh, so to speak, about how he's, you know, put everything, invested everything in the bat. And it's taken that he's not admitting he's Batman, but, you know, it's, you know, since the loss of his parents and this and that, and he's going down, he's like, we can't, you know, he, he might be wrong. We can't fail the Batman. And the way they do it is honestly above my pay grade because I do not have a doctorate in theology and all that. But the, the message of it gets through and we get to the end of him talking and I'm getting goosebumps as I'm thinking about it of him just describing how broken he was at the end of issue 50. And he's talking about how you know, he was in a dark place and he had never hurt almost like that before. And he screamed out in the night. And I'm like, my God, everything I need to know about this is Tom King has destroyed Bruce Wayne, Batman, whatever you want to call it. And I don't know. There's just so, there's just so much to pick apart in this book. Uh, not, not pick it apart, but, but sift through because it's so heady. It's one of the most heady Batman issues I've read in a long, long time, but it's, but it's good. It's great actually. And I, I really enjoyed it. And there's a scene at the end where he says why he's going back to the old trunks and the old costume. And it is so, it is literally soul crushing to me anyway. And like I said, I just really enjoyed this book. And the fact that Lee Weeks, um, I don't know if you know about Lee Weeks being a born again Christian, Joe. Do you know that? I did not. Okay. He is a very, if you look, he does not like to do violence, draw violence or do anything risque or do anything like, you know, cause he's, he's, he's born again. And he will tell you that at shows. He has like, he's very open and honest about it. And he, I, just the fact that Tom King must have got it somewhat right for him to come on and do do a story about religion because you're not going to get away with like trouncing all over it and having him be on it. So I I don't know. I just to me this is all around really cool and we're ta- we're talking about a man who's not very religious, okay? So like I said, I really love this issue. If I had one small nitpick about this storyline though is that it I think it took I think this could have been told in two issues. I think the first and the second issue to build up to this, like doing certain things and certain tricks that they did to make, to show you that Batman's not, you know, Bruce is not well. I think the, the first two issues could have been combined into a two, into a, a one issue and then closed it with this. Cause he seems to be doing mostly two part stories when he does like multiple issues. That's my only small nitpick with it. Otherwise beautifully drawn, beautifully written. See, for me, if I have a nitpick, is the, first of all, uh, the cover says Dark Knight No More. So it's a little misleading. You gotta really hammer people to come in. I didn't know, that's interesting that you mentioned about Lee Weeks, uh, being a born again Christian. Uh, again, not even something that crosses my mind. It's not something that I give a lot of thought to one way or the other. But, the way that this book was structured is fascinating. And as you mentioned that this could have probably been two issues, the storyline, I feel as though the way that this end up being broken up, this could be one of the best single issue stories I've read in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yes, does it help to get all the other stuff that happened before it to see what Batman did to Mr. Freeze and to see the interactions with Gordon and the people testifying and all that sort of stuff? Yes. But on its own, 
you don't need to get much more information than what's given to you in this issue. Mm-hmm. And we even get a little bit of the dialogue toward the end of the book, the, you know, one of the last, like, four, three or four pages, where Bruce is talking to Alfred, and we see it as the court is kind of wrapping up, where Bruce is, you know, Bruce essentially paid his way to get onto this jury. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, I, I don't want to kind of retread what you've already discussed, because you've covered so much in, in the of the book in such a succinct and perfect way, that Bruce knows he has gone too far and he is hoping that these 11 because he's the 12th these 11 strangers can convince him that he has not gone too far i have a slightly different take okay it is you're right you're you're 100 right but it is 12 apostles trying to save the messiah that we all believe we, it's about saving. It's about believing in Batman. And even though, you know, it, it, in a weird way, Bruce is there and he is Batman. He's like, he's gone too far. I put all my faith in Batman and he might be wrong and we have to save him. This is, this is about saving and a savior and it, in a weird way. And like, like I said, 12 jurors, 12 apostles, like it's, we always joke it's layered like an onion but that's the way i feel about this book as i read it more and like i said if i knew more about religion i might get more but i don't so i feel like i'm a big dum-dum when it comes to a lot of it if that makes any sense you're not a dum-dum obviously i i think about that myself today because there's so much that happens in popular culture that is inspired or draws direct or indirect reference to Religion, the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. Western religion, as it were. And with one, so many people not being involved in Western religion, whether it be people in media, uh, popular culture, etc., or just people in general, when those references come up, are people just not going to get them? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I worry because, you know, a tangent here, but... My kid watches The Simpsons, and there's no more of a TV show sitcom in the history of sitcoms that is more direct, Old Testament, like, heavy stuff in The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And is my kid going to get those references when he watches those episodes in, you know, a year or ten years or whenever it is that he watches them? I don't know. And you, we talk about this in superheroes. There is heavy religious themes in in comic book especially like the movies i know we don't talk too much about the movies but like you go to spider-man on the front of the train with the webbing and he's like jesus on the cross and like you can go down just how, how many times and i and i honestly say this it's not that i'm against it but how many times it's been overused in movies mm-hmm where the superhero is doing the 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 you know the the christ pose and i'm like all right, dial it back. I get it. A savior, blah, blah, blah. He's, you know, he's, but there's even like in Superman, we see it when he gets, uh, the Superman, uh, Man of Steel, man, not Man of Steel. The other one too. What was, uh, the Superman returns. Remember? Oh yeah. yeah. He gets, he gets speared in the side with the chunk of kryptonite and they throw him off the, the, the Berg and he, and he falls like, you know, in the Christ pose. And I'm like, all right, I get it. And I get it because Superman sent to Earth. There's a lot. There's a lot of it there, 
But it, it just seems like every movie for a while there was trying to do that scene and some do it more than others. And I think it, it gets worn out. And just to bring it back around to Batman, I think they did it in a completely fresh and new way than this, than bludgeoning you over the head with visuals and like really like obvious stuff where I think, like I said, I'm missing stuff here. And it, you know, I want, I want to know more about like what's going on in the comic that, and to me, that's the mark of a well-told story. I think what we're getting at is that Tom King writes good comic book stories. Oh yeah. Well, should we have just said that and been done with it? Right. And you know, obviously we can, <laughs> we don't, we haven't discussed it in a while just because it's a maxi series. The book has kind of been running late. Uh, the schedule's a little sporadic and so forth, but Tom King's Mr. Miracle you know, we're at a point where there's so much religion in that, obviously the new gods, but they're really hammering at home of Darkseid essentially saying, you know, I'll stop everything that I'm doing scot-free if you just give me your firstborn son. Right. I think that's a little, also a little different. And, but in there, I love the, uh, that book's a little different as in it, it is the everyday stuff. Like it, it touches on the on the war like it has it has so much up there there is the bit of dark side is in the religion but to me that's such a small aspect of mr miracle where it's mostly everyday life in a weird way mashed colliding together with the with the absurd and amazing so i, I don't see as I don't, I, I, I know there is religion. To say there's no religion in Tom King's Mister Miracle, I slap myself in the face. But I feel that it's not as as deep as 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 I think, as maybe you think. But there is religion there. I don't know. I'm I'm starting to babble now because I because my brain's starting to smoke from all all this thinking that we're doing on this podcast today, Joe. Right. I try to think and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to the other book, the one that we were both looking forward to, which was Pearl Number 1, which was the first issue of Brian Michael Bendis doing new creator-owned stuff over at DC. Now, again, the the pitch for this, of course, is he and uh, uh, Michael Gatos, who he did the original alias, which came, became the Jessica Jones book, which became Jessica Jones the giant uh, juggernaut that it is over at the Marvel Netflix end of things. Uh, this is a modern-day crime book uh, with the Yakuza involved and a lot of uh, the tattoo culture that's involved with the Yakuza and the organized crime in Japan and Japanese culture. Uh, it's a very stylized-looking book and definitely a stylized-feeling book. Uh, this being a six-issue miniseries, they give us just enough and a cliffhanger to get us to come back to the next issue, which I feel is something that we kind of say all the time when it comes to a book like this. But I want to talk about more so this being one of three creator-owned books that Bendis has coming out at DC. Okay. Uh, or it, it makes me feel as though this is stuff that Bendis, I don't want to say had like laying around. Mm -hmm. but maybe stuff that he held back on knowing that he was going to be leaving Marvel. Because Bendis is not this prolific. Or hasn't right, but, been this prolific in recent years. But this is miniseries, right? This one? Yes. 
And then I don't know what all the other stuff. Scarlet is another miniseries, so he probably had a Scarlet thing in the in the hopper. I look at it as uh, he he has it. He he was prolific. Other than getting the sick at the end, he was doing a lot of books at once. Mm-hmm. So I don't doubt that he had these at least fleshed out, so he he could do them. And I do think DC said when they came to him, if you've ever saw the movie uh, Armageddon, when the meteor is coming, the comics coming, they're like, anything anybody has ever discussed about, anything that you've done, anything that you've doodled on a napkin at a bar somewhere, that's what they said to Bendis. And he's like, he probably has a book of ideas, you know, a la Chuck Dixon, we always joke, like, you know, just has a filing cabinet of stuff that he's he's fleshed out over the years, and just it's easy to 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 write the script sometimes and in this i wasn't a huge fan of this book i i liked it i thought the gato stuff was way better than the bendis stuff on this one and i'm a bendis guy um i really like the look of the book but i didn't care for the story i thought it was a little too quirky and mysterious and even with the cliffhanger i'm like Eh, you know there's a lot of brian bendis coming out from dc i don't gotta buy it all Mm mm-hmm you either have to wow me because I'm enjoying your Superman. I'll take your Superman. Yeah. But all these new ideas, you get, you, you know, wow me quick, or I could get out and not buy five more issues. If you tell me they're great after that and you keep going, then maybe I'll go back and read it. But I don't know. I'm, I, I, I think they're. I think the wave of Bendis, like they need to get their money's worth from them, and I think they're they're. They're throwing out too much at once, as far as I'm concerned. This probably isn't going to stay on my pull list. Mm-hmm. And whatever the David Mack one that's coming out next month is probably going to get bumped off my pull list. I'm sticking with Scarlet, because I've already been there before. You have sweat equity in Scarlet. Right. Uh, again, this was good, but as you mentioned, there's a lot of Bendis out there. And if he ain't knocking my socks off... It's the summertime. I ain't even wearing socks to begin with. So, mm-hmm. Did you uh, enjoy the Citizen Wayne story? I've read it before. I have that oh. issue of Batman Confidential from way back in the day. It was uh, it? Walk Down Memory Lane. It was Bendis doing early Bendis doing Batman. It was you know exactly what you would think it would be. Hmm. See, I thought it was Batman Black and White. It was actually Batman Chronicles Twenty One. You're right. Yeah. Just because it was in black and white, Joe. That's mm-hmm. why I figured it was Batman. But but I never read the story. I, I enjoyed it, but also other than I know about the teddy bear, I, I the only way I know about Rosebud is because of a teddy bear. Um, the, the only like version of uh, Citizen Kane I've ever watched is the Simpsons episode. A lot of Simpsons, hot, hot Simpsons talk in this episode, but I, I've never seen Citizens Kane, so I get the gist of what's going on from stuff that's parried it, par- parodied it, and other stuff. So, but I enjoyed the story. Gotcha. So. so that's what we've read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, we put up the pull post, which is a link to, to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you wait for the trades, however it is that you get your books be forewarned and be forearmed, know what's coming out so you're ready to have enough money in your Bitcoin account to purchase them through your e-reader, tapping it on however it is you pay for things in 2018. Mm-hmm. 
One of the two things that Todd and I are doing in the calendar year 2018, of course, one is keeping track of the dollar amount of how much we've spent. Uh, Todd is in the lead, but this is a rare week when I have way more books than Todd does. I'm not really sure how that happened. The other thing is we attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. I have a lead on Todd of five correct guesses. Uh, let's see what Todd can do this week to close that gap, perhaps. Okay, I have a couple of questions before we start. Go ahead, shoot. Um, Cold Spots, that's a Cullen Bunn book? That's a new crime Cullen Bunn miniseries over at Image. Okay. Um, and also, who's writing West Coast Avengers? West Coast Avengers is being written by Kelly Thompson. Okay. I'm guessing the book you're looking forward to most is Cold Spots number one? You are incorrect. Is it Avengers? It's West Coast Avengers number one. Dang it. Uh, I am a sucker for any Clint Barton, a.k.a. Cliff, Hawkeye-led team. I'm a sucker for just the name alone of West Coast Avengers, because they were always kind of like the B team of the Avengers. Mm -hmm. And this is a wacky team with not only Clint, a.k.a. Cliff, Hawkeye, but also Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, America Chavez, Kid Omega from the Wolverine and the X-Men run by Jason Aaron, Gwenpool, and Kate's boyfriend, who's some guy. <laughs> That's the team. So it's a goofy team uh, with Hawkeye leading them. I have faith that this book is going to give me some yucks, whereas I'm sure Cold Spots is going to be a very good book by Cullen Bunn, but I don't think I'll be smiling while reading that book. Okay. You never know, though. I Well, listen, I have a sick, depraved sense of humor, as you may learn on this week's Longbox Heroes After Dark. What? Not you. Right. So, let's guess for Todd's book this week, he's looking forward to Suicide Squad Annual Number 1? It is not Suicide Squad Annual Number 1. It is literally... Amazing Spider-Man number four. I'm what? not a Spider-Man guy. I'm not a Spider-Man guy. But I want to see what's going on with the split. Sp Nick Spencer has converted me on Spider-Man. I'm telling you right now. Th and actually, though, this this week is there's nothing really like jumping. Like it it could have been Action Comics one uh, one thousand two. It could have been you know there's nothing new starting and there's nothing that I'm I'm truly blown away on. But Amazing Spider-Man is is rocketing to the top of my list because it's not well, – what's the word I want to use? Iron Man Spider-Man. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Todd, I'm, I'm glad to have you on Team uh, Spider-Man. I've only read like three runs of Spider-Man in my life, but they were all good, so. that – Spider-Man is not a character that was created by Nick Spencer two months ago, correct? No, so I know Spider-Man's been around. Okay. Yeah. Unlike Daredevil, who Todd thinks was created by Mark Wade about five years ago. Yes. So, a little bit more than five years ago. I forget how long ago that run was. Good everything before. was five years ago, in my mind. We're, that, we're at that age where everything was five years ago. Yeah. Uh, so, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, uh, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done in regards to comic books, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of the aforementioned After Dark, past pull posts, the 2017 smash sensation Longbox Heroes, uh, or Todd and Joe have issues, <laughs> and uh, of course you can click on our little store button there, 
Uh, purchase a shirt, a sticker, or a pin with our fancy logo on it. And if you don't want a shirt, don't want a pin, don't want a sticker, or already have them, you can always purchase anything else to your heart's content through our Amazon click-through across the top of the page. Costs you nothing extra. Just one little extra step, and it gives us a couple extra bucks. I hate saying keeps the light on and all that sort of jazz. Just makes Todd happy once a month when I send him him his half of the cut of what we get for that advertising fee from Amazon. That's what they call it, an advertising fee. Like, you didn't know Amazon existed. We're the ones telling you about it, so we're part of the team. Us and Jeff Bezos. Amazon? Am I saying that correctly? Right. Okay. He, he gets a little bit bigger piece of the pie than we do, but I, Ugh. I'm happy with the crumbs, you know. Right. Uh, we'll wait till we start piloting the drones, then <laughs> that's when we'll make our real money. So some of the notable purchases through the uh, Amazon click through this past week: uh, someone purchased a Pearl Smith TV wall mount and bracket uh, with a dual articulating arm for your big giant fancy TV you're going to put on the wall. Hmm. Uh, somebody also purchased a Wanway microphone stand shock mount and pop filter. That sounds like someone's going to be putting on a fancy podcast there. Ooh, I wonder who it could be. Someone also purchased the One Audio, not related to Dan DiDio, adapter-free closed back over-ear DJ, not our good buddy, stereo monitor <laughs> headphones. And I think that was purchased by David of uh, Podvocacy. Thank you very much. Uh, someone also purchased the Shinsuke Nakamura King of Strong Style biography that came out recently. Ooh. Very interesting read there. He's led a very interesting life in the world of professional entertainment and uh, sports entertainment as well. Uh, someone has purchased again the Chili Mama fridge and microwave deodorizer. Gotta keep your fridge on stinky. I guess. Someone contact us about this. I don't know. This is this multiple times that this has been purchased this year. Is it the same person? Is it multiple people? I'd like to know. Speaking of which, somebody also purchased a song called No, K-N-O-W, by someone called Jason Mraz, and I don't know who that is. I don't either. Right. This is one of those times where I put the open-ended question out to the world of the internet that I don't want an answer. What? It sounds like it's it's it sounds like it's current popular music, which frightens and scares an old man. <laughs> Both frighten and confuses me. Arr. That's right. So uh, while you're over at LongboxHeroes.com, Todd, is there anything else new this week that people could check out? Um, what about the pigskin pickums, Joe? Dun 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 dun, shh, shh, dun 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 Like we haven't enough football talk on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's that time of year again, and we're a little. I'm a little late on this. Uh, but there's two weeks. About by the time this comes out, two weeks left to get your your uh, your your uh, what do you call it account going and join our group and pick against uh me and joe and all the listeners of the show and uh, other people on the network uh, all you got to do is make your account get in our group and just pick the winner of the game there's no point spreads there's no you know oh like oh the win blah blah, blah. just pick a team and if you win at the end uh we'll see what happens i don't know we never we never think that far ahead because it's 17 weeks to go let me see if what I can reactivate my account while we're on the on the air here. Mm-hmm. Did you use the where'd you use the link from? 
the link that I put in the uh, show notes. That that's the good the good one to use because Google one was sending us to an old last year's and you weren't able to update it, so that's why I put the new new Google link or the new link to the where you got to go in. I'm following the directions to join again. It says play for free, and then there should be a login up on the right hand. Right, I logged in. Right. And does it say, do you want to join again? Did Both. I get that? No, it's not asking me to join anything again. Okay. Groups, though. I have to click on groups. Yeah, groups. There That's we go. The, does, does it have the old groups that you're in? Yeah. Then it just says boom, boom? Yep. And Rejoin. You... And I'm doing the one for the uh, comic shop as well. That's right. That's a private one. So currently... I think I'm in there, too. I think I was the first. We already have nine people in as of this recording. Oh, that's, oh, look at that. I got it out early enough to get nine people. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty good to start. I would certainly Which, say so. I think last year we had almost 50 people join. Right, but I think only like a third of that made it to the end. <laughs> Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 of the 50 kind of sort of gave up. Oh, do you have the old, uh... Yeah. Okay, because I know you can do the last years, too, so... So there we go. And I have, uh, not recorded, but I have a verbal commitment from my <laughs> son. He's going to do them again. He's going right. to do the picks this time again. Uh, I may have to bribe him with Pokemon cards to do it, but we shall see how this turns out. Oh, you know what? Dangle the cheesiest slice of pizza in front of him, mm-hmm. and you got him. Oh, like, well, what? I just, I just lie to him about that. Oh, I, you know what? There's something heartwarming about a father lying to his child. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of my youth. Right. Uh, so check it out. You know, whether you like football or you're me and you don't. Check it out. It's fun just to see how well you can do, especially if you're one of those types of people who don't like football or don't know nothing about no American football. Uh, it's good to beat the people who think football is real at this game. Oh, don't start. <laughs> don't start. I got I got two weeks to sign up for this and then 17 weeks of this garbage. 17 weeks of abuse. Uh, and it's abuse you asked for. Keep that in mind. No, I asked for you to play, not, not abuse. There's mm. a difference. I never pick on you about wrestling. I was going to say, Todd, is it almost as though you can't take a gentle ribbing? No, I can. I can, but football can. It's got a lot of problems now with CTEs and stuff like that. You can't be ribbing it. I say get everyone on the gas and just let them pound each other into paste. (laughs) I'm for that school of thought. It's not even... Let's take the ball out of the equation, okay? (laughs) Just just 22 men just running at each other. 22 men gassed to the gills. Helmets optional. Last man standing. You want people to watch football? There you go. That's your XFL. Hey. I'm not going to do my insulting Jim Ross impersonation there about free, uh, no fair catches, but I just did. Okay. So, uh, Hey, speaking of which, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? Yes, we had a couple from Mega Contributor Euronymous. He sent in a Daredevil page, Daredevil Dark Knights, issue 5, page 14. And he says it's his last Latham 
John issue. I didn't know Jason Latham was doing comics. I think he might have meant Latham. But if this is a Jason Latham page, I'm all for it. Oh, because that would talk. be fantastic. What? I said, oh, you. I'm a comedian. I'm a regular funny guy. It's Shecky Green. Um, also, Thunderbolt or T-Bolt 712 sent a Phil Amenez. I have to watch that. I don't say Jiminy's because I used to call him Phil Jiminy's years ago. Um, Black Cat Sketch. And that is ridiculous. That is a ridiculous, ridiculous sketch. I've always been a huge fan of Phil Amenez. His art is absolutely gorgeous. And... I have to say I'm a little jealous of that uh, Black Cat sketch. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. There is a secret long con going that one day I'm going to break into T-Bolt 712's house and steal, not if all, most of his awesome art that he has. We'll call it uh, Ocean's T-Bolt 712. There you go. And I'm in. I am in for that. All right. So, uh, and I had one this week. I've, I, you know, I dusted off the old Art Attack account and put down my, uh, Walt Simonson, a uh, Manhunter sketch that I got back from all the way in 2007 at a local Scranton Comic Con. Oh, that was that like he five was years there. ago. Yeah, that was yeah, a little over five years ago. Oh. Um, I, I'm a big, uh, Walt Simonson fan on, the, on Manhunter. It was a book that was so far ahead of its time with Archie Goodwin and, uh, so good. It's one of the few books that I ever bought as an artist edition, the oversized stuff and everything like that. So I absolutely love it. And it was fun to watch Walt Simon's school people that were, uh, talking, uh, not so positively about Stan Lee. And he was like, were any of you young whippersnappers there? Well, I was. <laughs> and I was like, it, it was fun to watch. So if you ever meet Walt, tell him I said hi. He probably remember me. He won't. <laughs> I don't know. You have a, you have a memorable personality, as it were. That's right. And show him a picture of me. I'm probably wearing the same shirt I met him in <laughs> all those years ago. Right. He'll say, oh, I met that guy five years ago. That's right. And Scranton, he was the one with the black T-shirt with the pocket on it. Mm -hmm. I think he had Converse on. Um, but yeah. And also, I would like to announce, if anybody enjoyed my Andrea DeVito page from the thing a few weeks ago that I had as an art attack. Oh, yeah. Um, I, that, yeah, you showed me that at the... I remember you showed me that before you put it out as part of the art attack when we were at the uh, surprise birthday party. I was going nuts over it. It was awesome. That's right, because, you know, I have to show, I have to geek out and show you these things early. But I put it up, if you really enjoyed it. Um, I could tell you where I got that. He has other thing pages, I believe a few covers. I know, uh, that he's got for sale, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy pages, Nova pages. I think he had some House of M pages. There's many, many more. And if you're looking for commissions, his commission lists, are open. I don't have all the, I had all the prices. Um, I think it's like for an 11 by 17, uh, just pencil with some background is like 350, but he starts at a head sketch for 75 and he has other tiers, um, like with, I don't know how you say it, Copic or Copic markers and whether you want it inked or not. So like to go through all that would be just time consuming. But like I said, he has multiple pages, options for commissions and the, uh, it's at, uh, Comic Art Fans is the name of the site, and their account or what you search for is uh, Super Pals Art there, and they have uh, they have other artists too. But uh, like I said, I really liked Andrea Devito's stuff, and go look; it's all good stuff at decent prices. 
And we'll uh, put a link to that in the show notes here as well, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so last but not least uh, is discussion just to fill in some TV talk here at the end of the show. So, again, you're not a TV talk person or you didn't get a chance to watch uh, any of Disenchantment over on Netflix, uh, the new Matt Groening show, we bid you adieu. We'll catch you here next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, I get a chance to watch one episode of this this week. Okay. Uh, the debut episode entitled A Princess, an Elf, and a Demon Walk into a Bar. <laughs> uh, Matt Groening, uh, style, of course, is predominant here. As we had talked about last week, he did go and get kind of cherry picking some of the best writers and showrunners from his days in The Simpsons and days on Futurama to make this show. And, you know, it takes place in a medieval time, I guess. Kind of a, a generic-y medieval time where there's a princess who's going to be married off uh, to somebody else in the kingdom. And, of course, she doesn't want to. It's a tale that's been told before. It's the princess who's rebellious and doesn't want to do what her parents want her to do to kind of buck tradition. And where we get our little bit of a Matt Groening twist on it is she is gifted a personal demon by the name of Lucy on her wedding day <laughs> uh, who is kind of telling her to go off the beaten path, which seems to be part of a larger overarching plot in the thing. And then she also runs a fable of Elfo, an elf from the land of elves, where they work all day making candy and get paid in candy, <laughs> which is very confusing to him. Uh, right. and he is the first elf in thousands of years to leave the world of the elves other than Levo. Who never came back. Who never came back, uh, which I'm sure will get paid off, maybe, at some point in the series. So there are your three characters, uh, your three main characters in this. You're going to notice a lot of familiar-looking designs, of course. Matt Groening has a very specific style. You're going to notice a lot of very familiar voices. Not yep. the main cast, of course, but your background characters. Your John DiMaggio, uh, who was Bender, is the king, Princess Bean's father. Uh, David Herman, who's done stuff as a, a variety of the different elves and the prince and so forth. Maurice LaMarche is also a voice in this as well. Billy West. Lots of other heavy hitters in the world of voiceover talent. Yeah, especially in the voice area. As soon as I heard The King, all I can think of is my favorite uh, one of my favorite Futurama lines was when it's the fat guy who's like the worker. Yes. And, and, and hey, you Le got used guys. Yep. And he's like, and Leela's like, you have to go do that. And this is one of my, me and Josh use this all the time. He's like, what do I look like? A guy who's not lazy or something? <laughs> I just love it. As soon as I heard him talk, I'm like, I I'm in. I'm, I I'm in. And I think like his advisor is like the oldest son from mom, like just the voice. I'm not talking about the actors. There's just a lot of like rehashes of just the same voices. And like when Levo, cause I watched two episodes. Did you see when Levo gets to the, to the, to the, the, the poor people's house and he eats dinner? Yes. And the, the guys very like humble talk. people. What? The very humble people. Yes. And they're talking. He's the guy who was very humble when Bender was the god floating in space and they were living on his, like, his body. And I'm like, oh my god, like, all these characters. But I really enjoyed it because it, copy an A, get an A, and it's more Futurama than anything. Cause mm -hmm. as I watched the second episode, you have Princess Bean, 
who is just pretty much Leela as the, you're able to kick some butt, but she's a little more like drinking, partying, rebelling. Then you have Elfo, who's pretty much, as, after you see the second episode, he is Fry slash Zoidberg mashed together. <laughs> and because he's definitely going to be just pining after Princess Bean. And then you have Lucy, who's just Bender, the bad you know, the bad, uh, he's just going to send you down the wrong road. And so it, it works for me. So they're just going to take Futurama scripts. And instead of doing sci-fi jokes, they're going to do Dungeons and Dragons slash Game of Thrones jokes. I'm with familiar voices. I'm all in. And I watched two episodes and I wanted to talk. There's something there's, there are so many good puns in the second episode, Joe. Oh my God, names for things like stores and ships and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh my God, you are so up my alley right now. I want to, I actually, I watched two episodes and I'm like, I kind of want to watch the rest of this right now. So, um, I think it's really good. I'm having a blast with it. So I'll be watching at least episode two, hopefully a little bit more before we get a chance to record again next week. Again, in episode one, as Todd mentioned, more Futurama than Simpsony, which is fine. Uh, I feel as though the first episode really needed to hammer home who these characters are. Mm-hmm. And now that that's out of the way, episodes 2 through 10, we're just going to get right into the adventures. And of course, as you mentioned, with the puns and the names of the, sh- the stores and all that sort of stuff, where they're mm-hmm. bringing Princess Bean back to the castle and they have her like in the gallows sort of thing underneath the throne as they're walking her through, mm-hmm. we get a, a plethora of those just sight gags and names of stores and like they pass the apothecary where it says now with three types of medicine. <laughs> and, and, like, right. like, like yeah. gags like that were just so great, you know? Mm-hmm. With, uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, like, yes, because they get to, they get to the the Wishmaster before the end of the episode, right? Yes. Right, and just the, like, just the bit where they go to, they go in and they're like, you're now entering the Enchanted Forest. And I don't know if you noticed the sign that says, watch out for the racist antelope. And then later, like, like they're sleeping, they're like sleeping down and he tells them like, oh, like, uh, Elfo, get, she goes, get by my feet. Or as the area, I call it the friend zone. <laughs> and they're, they're all sleeping. You're going to be there then, for a while. Yeah. And this antler comes out, uh, this antelope comes out and he goes, elves and, and people sleeping together and he spits on them and runs away. <laughs> and like, if I hadn't noticed the, like, watch out for the racist antelope. Like when I I cracked up, I'm like, that's hysterical. I'm missing just those little things, you know, makes it less funny. So, but I do want to say for your for your sake, and this doesn't spoil anything, the first episode and the second episode are pretty much a one hour pilot. Oh, okay. When you watch it, it's it it the second half. just ends a lot of the storyline that's going on in the, in the first episode, but leaves a ton of stuff open. You know what I mean? Like at the end, they're like, now let's begin our adventure. Definitely. You could just tell, you know what I mean? Gotcha. So when you see the second, you'll know what I'm talking about. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to watching episode two and more and uh, whatever the movie is that we're going to have to watch for the soon to be named new movie project this week. I can't wait to find out what that is. Could be a mystery, or we could have already recorded that segment, and Todd's uh, just reading along with the script for this show. That's right. Could be meat, could be peaches. (laughs) I look forward to seeing it again next week. All right. I tried.
Tried to work in one last Simpsons the reference, but anyway. Uh, thanks everyone for listening to episode 412 of Long Bucks Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. <laughs>